This is Caleb Way, and you are listening to the Sifu Podcast with David LaPerry. Sifu Hotman's poem two, The Infinite Became an Infant. David, this is much longer than the first one. <laughs> I think that's like I don't the, know if you the know that. yeah. I do know that. I mean, that's I think the beauty about poetry, and then probably even like the beauty about being in sort of the modern age of poetry is that you know I don't have to be Shakespeare writing mm. you know fourteen line sonnets all the time. I can do whatever I want. Wow. <laughs> Just go on. That's right. Okay. But I think like you know really the the subject matter kind of leads you know the length of the poem and and so what we were trying to what I was trying to do here in writing this one it just needed to be a longer you know so yeah it is what it is no it's very encapsulating mm. i mean it's not the introduction obviously right so could you summarize what what you are indeed trying to encapsulate Sure. Because there's a lot of facets. Yeah. So I think really the jumping off point for the infinite became an infant is probably Colossians 1, 15 to 20, probably. It's one of my favorite passages of scripture um, of all time. Because something that I know I think through a lot is how big God is. And how just mysterious he is in in, in his bigness and and uh, in his total sovereignty, total command of all the things that he is and does, and uh, and for me, trying to wrap my mind around how does this God then become a man? Uh, to save us. I mean, that's no, not only is that praiseworthy and amazing and, and all of that, but it's also very difficult, like for yeah. me to understand. Yeah. And so really kind of right. Like we're talking about him, you know, ruling the heavens and causing things to sing. And, um, but then at the same time, we're talking about him coming and dying on the cross. Yeah. Yeah, life and death, right? Right. The uh, the upside down kingdom, if you will, mm. the gospel, right? Right. Right. It's a uh, to find yourself, you have to lose yourself. Sure. Like the greatness is through those weak, those sacrificing stages. Um, would you care to read the passage that you, or at least part of it, or does that pertain right right now? Because I know you have it in front of you. Right. Well, I think like really the, um, you know, the key verses, you know, are probably 16, Colossians 1, 16, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, right? So we have this picture of Jesus, of the Christ, that he's, he's the agent of creation. And then not only has he created all these things, but they're all created for him, which I think is an important thing for us to recognize that we are created for, 
for him. I mean, he's the one that gives us our purpose. Right. Um, but then we have, right, the sort of the, the ending of, of this in verse 20, where he says, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on, he, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So you have that duality, right? You have, here's this God who's created all things. He's the, he's the one who gives everything purpose. And he's also the God who comes and he's the one that's going to make peace uh, through, through, his, through, the, through his blood. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. No, yeah. there's nothing like it, man. Yeah, and so I think like kind of what we're, I think what, you know, part of what the poem deals with is, well, what's our response to that? Hmm. Right, what is, what is our response? Um, and I think the, the poem, the scripture would call us and the poem would call us to then praise him. For, for all that he's done and all that he is. Yeah, amen. I think it draws upon like the, the story of of that gospel just in in ways that it's like again it's it's that that's that it's, it's it's that contrast of beauty and praise glory pr- like just those majestic things that like just clearly right you would you you would think scream the attributes of god mm. yet at the same time it's it's also it's also the cross it's also right. just it's it's not just that it's the fact that god has humbled and stepped down and left and you know into our world into our history yeah. into our lives right um because I mean, you and i are messy yes right? ultimately like, right like yeah totally yeah, no, no, totally. But I think that's also where we have to be like believers of of the entire gospel, right? So Jesus isn't isn't not the one who created rules and is positioned that everything is positioned toward him, right? So we can't like divest him of his glory when he's on earth, but we also can't, you know, we we can't forget both sides at at all times, and I think that's important. Um, it's an important aspect of of the gospel that he is God. His divinity is is key to this whole mm. mix, you know. Right, right. And it calls upon the, like you said, you and I to to praise him in admitting that we fail at right. that. Yeah. But creation, I mean, is praising him, and the consequences of our failure have are drastic right costly grace yes the cost of the cost of uh, the lord our lord's life um the the depictions of of um just creation just mm. so just praising god mm-hmm. so well in this is just i mean reminds me of depictions of romans 8 and sure um just the psalms where it's just full of like the, the, the earth it's full of your glory. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think like what the, you know, sort of the poem is structured and that each stanza moves through a different time of day. Um, and so there, yeah. what, what, you're, what I think what I'm hoping to achieve through the poem is this feeling of when you get to the end, it's that all things, he rules all things in all times of day and all creation. Um, there's nothing that is not underneath his rule and authority, including us, right? Like, so wow. that would be the, um, hopefully what we would get personally, I think like out of reading it. Yeah.
No, it's it's beautiful depiction. Um, I love how I love how it's just calling upon us, and it uses nature to again call upon us. Mm. Like it's join joining with nature. Right, right. And I've heard it said. I think it was Keller who was saying like when when Paul says nature is groaning, mm-hmm. like you know groaning in childbirth. Or, right. 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 It's uh, it's it's feeling the weight of the fall, feeling the weight of sin, but in it itself, we I mean because we were the ones to cause those repercussions. Right. They I mean it was it, it's creation itself that's that's waiting for us to catch up to where it's at because it's uh, sure. it's glorifying God right the way it's it, it it was commanded to and it's reminding us because of its obedience to God of just being what it is. It's reminding us that we I mean. We must. I mean, we need to praise him. We need to glorify him, and we're we're broken. So how how are we to do that? Right. Yeah. Well, I think like that's why you know even right right the rocks will cry out. You know, if we don't praise, right? And I think like that's why the cross is so necessary for us, uh, because apart from the cross, we're not going to see Christ in all of his glory to then to then respond, right? So we need to be redeemed, right? And even at the end of the poem, it says, you know, the one who he saved and redeemed, right? It's in the redemption that, that we find the, the, our purpose to praise. Because um, apart from that, apart from our eyes being opened, um, you know, we're just dead in our trespasses and yeah. sins. Yeah. It is a great call to recognize those, those things and to give God the glory for that. Amen. Yeah, amen. So... Until next time. All right, man. All right.